Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is my favorite episode we do each month. It's Georgia State University's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute radio show. And so this is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, it is going to be a lot of fun. I love coming down here and broadcasting live. We we meet some really fantastic people who are so bright and so passionate. Everything from the people on faculty and staff to the to the students, everyone in this GSU ENI ecosystem is just such a pleasure to be around. And we actually met this first guest uh, on a previous episode down here. It is my absolute delight to welcome back to the Business Radio X microphone, Associate Director and Professor of Practice, Dr. Isabel Moon-Wee. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you today? It's a pleasure to be back. Well, Isabel, anything new happens since the last time we chatted? <laughs> Funny you should ask. <laughs> so we will give you more details, but today I brought uh, with me two of our outstanding students who are also uh, shining beacons of what's possible in the space of entrepreneurship and innovation through the Georgia State uh, ecosystem, but also through sheer resilience, creativity, innovation, and a desire to make an impact. All right. You want to kick it off with them? Should we bring them on? Absolutely. So um, I'd like to introduce to you Shante Knox, the inventor of the Indu Clean Cup, as well as the founder of Deliver Her, and she will tell you more about what that means. And with her is her uh, partner, Dia Davis, who is the COO of Deliver Her, and they are also uh, the winners of the grand championship of the eFest uh, competition, where they actually uh, competed against 25 of the brightest and the best entrepreneurship undergraduate teams and took home the key prize. And that was a competition that was a statewide or just GSU? or Actually, it was a nationwide, nationwide. competition. And if we'd like to, but not to brag, but we actually <laughs> had a stiff competition. We had, we're competing against, let's see, um, the Princeton, Princeton Babson, uh, Virginia Tech, <laughs> and um, in fact, uh, the Air Force Academy. Oh, wow. So we had a, a field of 25 of the brightest teams. And actually, they had over 100 entrants. And you also already had to be one of the top 25 teams to even make it to the competition. And in the competition, they won the first prize for the 92nd pitch. Chante's mm. uh, team took top prize for the uh, innovation challenge. And they also won the ch- top prize for their bracket in the finals. And therefore, they qualified for the grand championship, where they also won the top prize. Wow. Which was uh itself seventy five thousand dollars. Man, so they're um, buying lunch. (laughs) It's it's pretty impressive, not just because of the amount, which was um, obviously quite significant, but it's impressive because of the variety of skills and talent that they had to demonstrate in order to make this field of twenty five, as well as to actually win this field of twenty five, and so it was a three day um, competition Mm -hmm. in Minneapolis where we got snowed in in the middle of, uh, of April, <laughs> where they had an opportunity to not only uh, compete but also collaborate with some of those other teams and um, learn more, but also impress judges who were very uh, well-established entrepreneurs and business leaders, some of them at their own venture firms, some of them at launch over 100 startups, 
And one of the championship judges was indeed the CEO of Best Buy. Wow. So uh, the competition is actually sponsored by the uh, Schultz Family Foundation. So Dick Schultz, the founder and chairman emeritus of Best Buy, is actually the, the, the sort of driving, um, f- the, the driving investor behind this competition. And it is his commitment to give back to the next generation. All right. So let's hear from them. Shante and Dia, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Well, tell us about Deliver Deliver Her. Yes. Is that how you pronounce it? Deliver Her? Deliver. How are you serving folks? Um, Well, Deliver Her is a all-inclusive, whole woman, um, period subscription service Mm -hmm. that caters to um, women's needs during that time of the month. Um, What happens is women, they come to our website and fill out a short quiz about their uh, monthly needs, and then we custom curate a personal package that's delivered um, to our doorstep. So we know that every woman is unique and every box is unique according to the woman's needs. And then once they subscribe, it's the same thing that they get every month or does it change a little? um, Their personal period products remain the same because obviously that doesn't change much. But the other um, items that, um, let's say some women have bloating, some have cramps, some have cravings. So you get different mm-hmm. items to cater to those specific needs. Mm-hmm. So it's a surprise every month. And it's it's the same model as a subscription box that are in other areas, right? Except this is specializing in the, the woman's Femme period. Care. Right? Yes. So same. now, so it has all the practical things they need, but it also has some fun kind of lifestyle things they need as well absolutely but one of the biggest things that's very important in the package is the new clean cup which is uh, a product that was invented tested and patented Mm -hmm. by shantae knox um it's combined with uh, a collection capacity as well as being able to uh, combine all the traditional products that are on the market kind of taking the best benefits of that and put it into one product so um it's a menstrual cup so that's uh, also included in that box Right. And then you invented that. I did. And it's the only absorbent, disposable menstrual cup. Most menstrual cups are reusable. Um, and there's kind of a drawback. A lot of women are apprehensive to reusing those types of products, I being one of them. And um, the problem with the cups that are on the market, um, the even the other disposable cup, is it doesn't absorb. So it's a... It's kind of messy trying to paint this picture without being too graphic for you. (laughs) Um, So what our cup does is it eliminates the mess. Uh, It absorbs. It collects um, three times as much as a uh, regular sanitary products, and it lasts three times as long as well. So now, did you come up with this box in order to kind of sell more cups? Like, what was the kind of the (laughs) the chicken and the egg of this? (laughs) Well, we like to say that men are our allies. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make it an easier process for men who are supporting their women Mm -hmm. when they're on their menstrual cycle. Uh, We don't want them to be going to the store picking up the wrong products. So if you buy your lady a subscription service, it comes with a new clean cup and the products as well. So it's... try to just market that as a a standalone product? Right. When I first came up with the cup uh, idea, I realized that we were going to face some resistance with trying to enter the market. There are so many legacy companies that have been around for a very, very long time. And I knew that if you if you create a product that was better than everything that was out there and you have these large conglomerates that could wipe your company out in a day, 
They right. very well try. <laughs> um, and the thing is, we know that um, we're going to face resistance. Even with introducing a cup with um, these larger companies, they'll probably try so to drive us out of the market. What's the market share of a cup compared to the other materials that women use? Okay, so the total feminine care market is about $16 billion um, for um, feminine care products. And for menstrual cups, it's about three. Three million. Three Three million. million. No, million. no, three billion. Three, three billion. Oh no, no, no! Nine hundred and eighty-five million. Right. Yeah. So it's, that's, three it's almost billion a billion by itself. Right. It's almost a billion by itself. So it's three billion for that specific market for um, those products in terms of tampons and right. pads, and then it's one million of that is one billion. One, one billion. billion. I know, right? <laughs> so <laughs> a third of nine hundred. So yeah, the, a, third a third of third. the market. Yeah. Right. And it's an increasing share of the market. Right. So it's actually growing in popularity. Uh huh. Absolutely. And then so it's so it's been around for a long time, but it just the adoption of this was less or did it have a it's really the absorption factor of it so that was the biggest aspect that we kind of changed that well that Shantae changed that wasn't on the market right so you have something that collects but it's not absorbing right that can paint that so but I think um I think he was getting at like how long have menstrual cups been around and they were created in 1930 uh, in the 1930s um, around the same time that tampons were created. However, tampons took off and menstrual cups didn't. Did and the mm-hmm. cup that was created in the 1930s are the reusable cups. And like I said, most women have an apprehension to using a product that they have to reuse. Right. And then the fact that it doesn't absorb makes women have to deal with the messiness. And we just don't want to deal with the messiness. Like We understand that our cycles are part of our lives and we're going to have to deal with it. But if we could take it and make it, you know, Easier and cleaner. Less, yeah, less messy, as less messy as possible, then that's the route that we'll take, which is the reason why sanitary napkins and tampons have um, held the market, the lion's share of the market for mm-hmm. so long. But now with the introduction of the, um, the new clean cup, which has the collection capacity of a cup, but the absorbent capacity of the tampons and sanitary napkins, we think we're going to be making quite a bit of noise. So now you come up with this idea. So now you're like, okay, now I just everybody's going to love this. They're going to so I got to get it out there, right? Right. So that was your first. Was that uh, your? That first? was right. So um, I initially tried to uh, go to the larger companies to try and get uh, licensing or partnership deals, but oh, so they you weren't. wanted to partner with the big guy first. Yeah, I was like, hey, right. look, I got a I got product a that's idea. better. Yeah, right. and they're like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm interested. So right. <laughs> And they're like, and so that's when the idea for Deliver Her was uh, developed. Like, I was like, well, what if I created a subscription service and we launched Just it for through the that cups at first. for the cups? Well, initially I said, well, if you can't beat them, let's join them. Right. So if I create a subscription service where women can get tampons, they can get sanitary napkins, oh, they can get all of whatever it, whatever they want, whatever they want while we're still working on the cup. And then we slowly introduce the cup through the subscription service by passing out samples. Let the women who try these other products, because once you try it, you're never going to go back. So, <laughs> so it's like, let them try it. Right. And then after they try it, then we'll convert those who were former tampon and sanitary right. napkin users. Now, did you go kind of a traditional influencer marketing through social media approach, like try to attract some celebrities or some people that are notable that to try it and kind of endorse, you know, kind of endorse it by using it? Well, not as of yet, but that's part of our our plan Mm -hmm. uh, going forward. We want to do a full-on marketing campaign, including social media, print, uh, television, radio, 
at brand ambassador and billboard. Mm -hmm. So we want to really go all out and make women aware that other other better products are right. Available. There's other choices they may not even be aware of, right? Right. And I think it's about the accessibility, but also starting the conversation because sometimes women feel like it's a taboo to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so part of our product, even just on a social impact, is to really just engage with that conversation for women to be confident in saying what they do and do not like about the products that are on the market. Because mm -hmm. we also want to enhance our product and the and um, being able to really have something that's unique for each woman. Um, but also something that meets their needs very well. So social impact is, a, is an important part of the brand? Absolutely. Yes. And then uh, how are you kind of delivering on that promise? Well, with the social impact, we want to um, initially start at home. and At home being Atlanta? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and partner with organizations mm -hmm. um, such as homeless shelters, like women in, in um, who are disadvantaged or in homeless shelters, a lot of times they get clothes, they get food, but nobody thinks about their personal hygiene needs. So we'd like to help in that aspect as well, as well as with our global impact, um, global social impact, partner with organizations like CARE who are on the ground and out there in the field and know what other organizations are, um, other women in different countries need so that they can help us decide whether we need to be philanthropic or if we need to provide products to those women. And we also want to help in terms of resolving uh, period poverty. So that's a big issue um, globally. Mm -hmm. But we also like to say, you know, most women on their menstrual cycle don't wear white, but we do. Right. So we want to be able to kind of make that stance for women that, that says they don't have to be limited when they're on their cycle. You know, we give them a product that helps them go throughout the day as if they're carrying on Carry like they're on. not on. Right. So <laughs> that's one of the biggest things that we want to do to impact. Now, how has GSU helped in this uh, venture or adventure? Well, I think we're looking at her. <laughs> right. so. Dr. Right. Mamouli has definitely been very um, helpful in our process and even how we met, you know, we right. connected. Um, so you didn't Dr. know Mamouli. each other prior to? No, we, no. we like to say we were on separate journeys. Uh, Shantae and I represent about the 32% of women who do have heavier cycles. Mm -hmm. So she was on a quest to kind of resolve her own um, needs for her menstrual cycle. And I was actually in a research study to resolve my own needs. Mm -hmm. But I was also taking Dr. <laughs> Maloui's class in, uh, in entrepreneurship. So both of you were taking the class? So actually, so they're being very kind. They also, they, <laughs> to giving me, you a lot of credit. So, it's, 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 so, so I, I do get credit for introducing them, but I do not get credit for getting them on that journey. They're both uh, extremely talented. Um, and uh, so Chante actually walked up to me and said, hi, my name is Chante Knox. This is what I'm up to. <laughs> and I said, how can I help you? So that's, you know, so they put credit where credit belongs. And um and I think it's it's sometimes hard when you start on your entrepreneurial journey. There's so much to do mm -hmm. that even if you have a fantastic product, uh, there are so many steps that you have to follow in order to build the entire business infrastructure. And uh, one of the business misconceptions, big misconceptions about entrepreneurs is that you can go it alone. Right. And certainly when you're a go-getter, uh, you know, it's it's tempting to do that. So part of the conversation with Chante was some of those uh, the structures around the business and also helping her build a team. And likewise, so I have Dia, who was also on her own entrepreneurial journey, was also a go-getter. Um, and uh, I suggested that they talk to each other. And when they did, they got along so well so quickly that I got worried. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so now we finish each other's sentences. Pretty you much. Uh, you know, so, so, so it was, uh, so it was, it was really um, um, a complimentary uh, sort of meeting and, and they've actually worked extremely well together to support each other in getting the comp- in taking the company to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in, in many ways, we're a little bit lucky. <laughs> well, that's part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's serendipity. It helps, but sometimes it, it helps when you're all kind of like-minded and you're part of this organization mm-hmm. and right. this program where these people tend to gravitate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I think what, if both, what both of them understand well is that it takes hard work mm-hmm. and a long time to create an overnight success. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and, and having a good idea isn't is important, but that's yeah. not going right. to stand alone, right? Mm-hmm. You can have the best idea in, in yeah. the middle of the table and it's not going to go anywhere. So right. what's amazing about what they are doing um, is that they are working on a real problem for which there, uh, there is authentic demand. Yes. So, um, you know, you may never use this product. <laughs> you may never need, but I promise you it's, it's a need uh, that most women can relate to. Mm-hmm. And it's a need that women have about 250 times in their lifetimes. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a very predictable demand right. for right. this product, a large demand. And we've been, we've been, uh, actually we, we have worked, we have used products that have, um, that have been limited in their ability to meet our needs. Unreliable. Yes. And, and most well, of them have been made by I men. For, for, no so we <laughs> so part of this conversation was a, was a solution for you know for women by, by women. By women. Yes. And so they've actually worked uh, really hard and um, in 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 getting to this level. And as I said, they understand that it takes uh, it takes hard work and it also takes being willing to grow as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in order to meet the successive challenges because each phase of growth Requires brings its own set of challenges. Now, part of the challenge, I would imagine, is is you have a manufacturing issue, right? Like you have right. to learn about how to be a manufacturer of a product mm-hmm. or right. partner with right. manufacturers, manufacturers and then mm-hmm. trust them to do, do it what the they exactly. say they're going to do. Exactly. Right? And, and I think those are the things we learn now. Expectations. Yes. Right. So those are a lot of the things that we learn now as, you know, being a part of a business. It's like, okay, well... You can win a competition, but now you have to put all the work behind it to say, okay, this thing has to really happen. And when you have people like the CEO of Best Buy who came up to us and said, you know, you remind me of my business partner and how we talk and the conversations we have. And now you got to really do it. And so (laughs) it becomes like, a, okay, we really got to, you know, learn the ins and outs of it. We understand. And I think that's why me and Shantae work so well together. We can't do every job. But we have to learn what the process is so that we can understand bringing people onto the team, building a company, what that looks like, and really being able to cater to our business needs as well as our customer needs in the right way. So Now, as an entrepreneur, you know, when you're starting out, when you have nothing, you have nothing to lose, right? right? <laughs> so now everything's possible and anything, right. is, it, you can visualize that. Now, when you start having some success and people are counting on you, now the mindset is a little different, right? Because right. now there's stakes. Now there is something to mm-hmm. lose. Right. Do you well, feel that pressure? Well, for me, there's always been stakes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right. Well, because when I patent, like I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to patent this. It came from a necessary, a real sheer need. Like mm-hmm. I needed something different than tampons and sanitary napkins. And when I first discovered uh, menstrual cups, uh, they didn't absorb. 
And I thought to myself, if these things absorb, they would be the best period protection in the world. Mm -hmm. And for a while, for like eight or nine months, I experimented with different types of absorbent materials. I was actually happy to get my cycle. It's like, oh, I get to experiment with this. (laughs) Until I found the right materials to go in the cup. And then I was like, wow, this is great. And it still didn't dawn on me at that time to patent it. I was just happy that I found something to meet my period needs. I had the perfect period protection. Mm-hmm. I could wear white. I could mm-hmm. carry on like I was not on. I could go about my day without worrying about my cycle. And that was a relief for me in my day. And so I did that for several months. And then one day, I didn't have the compressed cotton pads that I used. And I was livid. I was like, there's no way. I'm using this thing <laughs> if it's right. not going to absorb. Right. And that's when the idea went off like, well, why don't you make it? And so I started researching patents and prior art to find out if it had been done. And I found out it hadn't been done. And I found, uh, I interviewed like maybe 20 patent attorneys to try and explain what was in my head. And none of them got it. And then one day uh, I came across Justin Miller, who's my current patent attorney, who happens to be an engineer as well. But I explained it to him and he got it. He was just like, yeah, so it's a cup, and it has a absorbent liner in it, kind of like a Band-Aid. I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he he wrote the patent out. He gave it back to me to review. I looked over it. We made a few adjustments, and we submitted. We got rejected three times by the USPTO, and I answered each of their rejections. And I was like, nope, this is different because this, and theirs says this, and mine says this. And we finally were granted the patent. So for me, it was something that... I always knew I was going to commercialize. It was never a a doubt in my head that it wasn't going to happen. It was just the process, how we're going to get there. And I wasn't so much concerned as to how I was like, I know it's going to happen. And all of the moving parts in the middle, they'll fall into place as long as I keep moving towards the goal. So I kind of have a mindset, like, keep your eye on the prize. Don't worry about what's going on outside of that. But if you keep your focus on your main goal, the right steps will come. And I think that's where Shantae is such a visionary. So her her answer was to be innovative and a visionary for the future. Mine was getting analytical. I'm like, I'm going to research this thing. I'm going to study my menstrual cycle. I'm going to study my mood and my symptoms. And so when you bring that together, it kind of creates a this nice a nice synergy. Yeah. So she gives a vision and then I'm like, okay, analytics. This is how, how do we do, do this? this? <laughs> So, so she fills in those gaps for the moving parts. Right. So right. you're the visionary and you're the integrator that's kind of Absolutely. making the idea mm-hmm. come into fruition. Mm-hmm. So what made you, um, you know, go for this E-Fest competition? None other Dr. than Dr. Mundui. <laughs> Once again, it's the Isabel gets the yeah. credit here. So, um, so I had I'd taken a team to E-Fest last year. Oh, and so I had so, so I had a chance to experience the the, the competitive field. And I knew it would take a very special team, not just to go back to EFES this year, but to actually uh, make it. And so our first conversation, I said, I think if we do this right, you can place at least in the top three. We had different conversations afterwards, but, but <laughs> because we had a, you know, but, but this is where we started. And, um, and they said, yes, we're, we're in. And I said, well, it's going to take some work. Uh, because again, I had a sense, if you, um, if you look at some of the, the teams that I've won previously, or even I've placed in the top three, they are very impressive ventures, impressive young people. It's um, not an idea on a napkin. No, actually, in fact, one of them is actually in full production. The product is coming out in the market in March. Uh, it's a protective helmet because his uh, sister had a, um, you know, uh, in a coma and, and died because of a car accident. 
uh, bicycle accident. Uh, another one is actually has this kind of protective gear for diabetes. It's also already being distributed. Right. She then on went to she then went on to win the Thiel Fellowship and uh, another hundred thousand dollars and um, quit school. Um, and so, so, wait, so we also had that conversation. So, inquiring minds want to know: Are you going to graduate? Of course, we <laughs> are. Said, yes, we're going to graduate. So, important questions. But, but I knew that it was um, it was a very serious competition that was uh, screened by um, you know again very established entrepreneurs. And so, I knew we had to not just bring our A game, but I knew it would be an incredible opportunity for them to showcase how special they are and how powerful this particular product can be to disrupt the market. And I think this is one of the benefits of this kinds of competition. It's a lens um, which actually allows uh, us to, uh, to to shine. And so again, because Shanté has been working on this for a while, <laughs> um, you know, Dia is also a very dedicated entrepreneur. But sometimes people think that entrepreneurs only come in a certain package, either a particular type of venture. Um, there's certainly a little bit of sometimes disdain about. You want to do what? A sanitary product? Mm-hmm. A gendered product? And so there's a bit of disdain, and sometimes it prevents people from seeing the huge business opportunity that it is. And so it was also giving them a chance to actually um, show up and say, yes, we're women. Yes, we have a gendered product. Yes, it's an authentic need with a huge market, and we have a solution that can disrupt a billion-dollar market, which is only growing. And, and that, I think, is what IFES does differently than other uh, it brings uh, professionals to the table who are going to to look at it from a business perspective, and if you deliver, we'll give you pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the means to literally accelerate uh, your performance. That's what we got. Now, um, to me, this is an example of the kind of benefits of having a, a university embrace entrepreneurship to to provide some of these resources. You were going at it alone, and you were right. kind of just battling and trying to figure out things. Then all of a sudden you plug into a network where there's all these resources that yes. are available in terms of talent, in terms of advisory help mm-hmm. that maybe you would have found on your own over time. But this in one place allowed you to kind of check a lot of boxes and this part of the growth. Yes, I um, I met Dr. Monlouis, um during an ENI event, and I often go on Georgia State's um, events page to find out what's going on on the campus and find out things that are uh, interesting to me. And I, it was a, I think it was a woman's entrepreneurship event. And I was like, I'm going to just go. Uh, I wasn't enrolled in ENI or anything. I, I'm a communication student. And I had initially had um, entrepreneurship as my mate, as my minor. Mm-hmm. But when it came time to graduate or nearing graduation, they were like, well, you need these prerequisites. And I was like, that's going to add another year. And I was like, um, so we're going to drop that. I have these classes, but I'll still go to the ENI events. Right. And so I went to it. And like she said, I walked up to her and I was like, hey, I'm Shantae Knox and I invented this product and I need help. <laughs> and she and, literally took me under her wing. And, 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 and I said, and she said it with the same exact confidence. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I see you. Uh, let's do this. And I think this is what's amazing about, about Shantae is that, um, she knew she was going to find a way, right? So she didn't actually take the, the classes, but she was like, I'm going to go to the event. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to um, make some requests. Right. I'm going to find a way. Here's right. where I'm going. 
uh, Dia took a different path. She was actually in my entrepreneurship <laughs> class, <laughs> where she was actually working on, on a different venture. Right. She's, she's, she's yeah. a rule follower. She likes process. Exactly. <laughs> I need both together. Right. That's where the magic happens. I took the class. <laughs> and um, one of the companies that I was building was called Painted Silhouette. So it's a swimwear line that paints the silhouette of every woman. So it's customizing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I impressed Dr. Ron Louis with my overall presentation and I won one of the awards for um, that semester. And then this semester I was uh, on campus taking a class and taking an exam at the time. In the middle of my exam, I took a bathroom break and I see Dr. Malouie running down the hallway like, hey, Dia, you want to join this team? And I was like, uh, what is it about? He, she was like, you know, are you comfortable talking about your menstrual cycle? And it was just like one of the first questions. And I was like, actually, I'm in a research study for my menstrual <laughs> menstrual cycle now. And she was like, I was not expecting that answer. Um, but then she told me more about Shantae. And then we got on a phone call and it was like, boom right. you know it's just all right. the answers just right connected. it all click but is that a challenge with some people and to me it's kind of a double-edged sword when you're an entrepreneur this is Shante. this was your dream right, right. you've been thinking this 24 yes. 7 for a long period of time absolutely so now dia you come in and you had your own dream mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and you the swimsuit thing was your dream mm-hmm. that's what you've been thinking about 24 7 and now when you kind of join forces did you have to kind of pause your other dream and now kind of join this dream? Like, how mm-hmm. did that happen? Because that's, a, you know, for an entrepreneur, it's very personal. Right. right. I paused it, but I still feel like it's still going because we were in the market of servicing women. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw what she was doing and the fact that she took the time and we talk about this, the perseverance to do a patent for it. I, my mind completely was like, okay, I love you, swimwear line. I really do. But this is doing, like, it. I, I saw the global impact. And immediately the first thing that me and Shantae talked about where we connected with was creating, you know, basically being a part of history. Right. And so when I saw that, I was like, it's not that I'm giving up my swimwear line and my dream with that. It's like I'm improving it. And that was the whole purpose of even taking the course. Because if I didn't ever take the course to say, right, you know, you I want to enhance my company, then I would have never made it to this. So I saw it as a streamline to enhance the why everything. was still there. Right. Like you didn't sacrifice the why. Right. Your dream is still around that mm-hmm. service of women and, and right. that social impact. So I thought it just enhanced my vision right. to yeah. help women and be of service to them. And I think too with your design stuff, we could probably put yeah and that's another thing right. women need this you know <laughs> women unfortunately <laughs> take vacations and just so happen to be on their cycles right. so this is something that they right. need it's and so not right and, that, and when i when i met shantae she was like we can do this together and i was like in my mind i'm like no forget what i was doing let's focus on what you were doing because like, i was like yours didn't it didn't have to die we could oh, still right. figure out Elements, how to put that right i literally was like pause let's go so this is why I think that's really interesting about Shantae. She's really an and kind of person. <laughs> She's like, right. that vision and. expands, it, you know, exactly. as we speak. Exactly. But, but, Nothing ex- excluded. Exactly. <laughs> but what I love about uh, what you just said, it's really the why. And I think that many entrepreneurs sometimes get focused on the how. Or the what. Or the, the what. Why. And they miss out on the why. And I think that what they both are, they're very, very clear about this why, which is about making a difference in the mm-hmm. lives of women. Um, and, and so if you are focused on the why, 
and you understand the problems that you're solving, then you actually have flexibility. Mm -hmm. So you can adapt because if you find a better way right. to, meet your, to, meet your, to meet your why, then the how can change and new partnerships become available. Mm -hmm. And it's actually an excellent, so when Shantae and I were talking about the very beginning about building her team, we began to talk about which values are important to you, so, which in other words, saying what's your why, so that um, as, we, as they meet new people, they can decide if it's a meeting of the minds mm -hmm. and if it's a meeting of the hearts and if that's somebody they want to take that journey with or maybe if it's not a fit uh, because sometimes you can have a technical fit but it doesn't actually, it's, it's not a fit in terms of the, the vision the for the company and the culture right, for the company. Right. And that'll help you as you grow down the line to choose the right team around you. Absolutely. They have to be aligned. Right. It's you know, like skills marriage. you can teach mm -hmm. but attitude. Exactly. Right. And so that's the thing, not wanting to get in bed or the business bed with somebody who you don't want to be around right. for a prolonged period of time. So right. let's say we don't um, do a public offering or we don't sell or we're not acquired and this becomes a film care empire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you're tied to these people right. for an extended exactly. amount of time. So. And because our competition was like three weeks down the line, me and Shantae like spent. We became joined at the end. Uh, oh my literally. God. We were being up until three o'clock in the morning still typing like, okay, should we stop? No, let's no, just keep no, going. No, no, we were not until we're <laughs> you know? finished. Like, and let's we just were finish just, this part. Yeah, we were just having conversations. So it's crazy because we were against teams who have been preparing for a year. Right. right. And yeah. we had only known each other for two, three right. years, four years. They had been preparing, preparing for a long time. And we were and we were on separate. Like yeah, three weeks. We're, we're like, like we've had we our to do this menstrual now. cycle for so many years. We know this thing, exactly. you know. You know, so it and Shantae had been doing this is yes, right, right. And I had been doing this for more than four years, so right. it was something that I just. It was easy to bring Dia up to speed on. And mm -hmm. Dr. Mon Louis, she had introduced me to a number of other possible candidates for the team as well. And we thought we found a fit here. Then we thought we'd find a fit there. And for whatever reason or another, it just but, didn't work out. And now you know what a fit looks like, right? I do. Well, now you know, because before right. you're trying different things on and some of them yeah. right. weren't exactly the right. And we have we, a competitive nature, I right. would yeah. say. Both of us. We yeah. both come from good competition, but we both come from that aspect of being able to say, you know what, I not only do I feel like what I'm bringing is the best, but it's because I put in the time, I put in the work, I mm -hmm. put in the dedication. Right. And when you have a professor like Dr. Monlui who teaches you customer discovery, what's your impact, and you understand your purpose, I think I went into entrepreneurship thinking, I'm going to make money. And then I was like, no, that's the first thing you don't make as an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, that's the last part of it. And so once I you know, took the course and I understood, okay, I have to interview all my customers and understand mm -hmm what it looks like for them. And then my purpose got even bigger. So then when you look at something like this product and you're like, okay, well, the more we talk to women, the more they, it becomes that social impact as well to where they're having the conversation. And now it's becoming more comfortable to say as a woman, I want to be able to have this voice for something that I'm using on a monthly basis. And so that's when you had that moment as an entrepreneur that's like, this is why I do this. Exactly. You know, this is the real reason why I do exactly. it. You know, the money comes, which is great, but this is why we do this. So now if somebody wanted to learn more, is it commercialized right now? Can you get the... It is not commercialized. Yeah, there's a wait list? Um, right now, way. but we do have a website that they can go to to sign up um, to be notified when it is ready. And that's uh, www.deliverher.com. 
D-E-L-I-V-H-E-R.com um, for more information. We expect to do a soft launch in August and full production in the fall. So right now we're working on uh, manufacturing our mold and doing um, a short run of cups that we can test with women and then going into the launch. And what do you need more of right now? We need more um, we need more manufacturing connections here in the United States because our manufacturer is in China right now. Yeah. So you're looking for an American manufacturer? Yes. Yeah. So the other thing that um, Deliver will be happy to take is, again, is this list of women who are anxious to hear more, yes. find out about a new product. And so, again, if you sign up on the website, then we will definitely keep you in mind. Uh, we love sort of those, um, the women who are very committed and also who want to be uh, brand ambassadors and who yes. might be interested, who might have communities that are interested. Mm -hmm. So that would be um, another request. Yes. And uh, Isabel, for you, what do you got? This semester is winding down, right? <laughs> Taking a break? Taking a break from greeting. <laughs> so the first thing is, is um, what I think is amazing about what Shanti and Dia are doing is that they actually are building an infrastructure, an infrastructure to deliver on a really, really big dream. And what we find is that women actually start businesses at a faster rate than men. Uh, but oftentimes, they start small businesses. In other words, they create a job for themselves, right. <laughs> where they oftentimes don't have any vacation or any time. And I think that one of the ways in which we make an impact on women's life is to give them the means to actually build big. And sometimes technology is a part of it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes solving an important problem, which has a large market, is a part of it. And then building a team and giving you the means to actually create a business that can serve a market this large is part of the strategy. And so, so I love that they're an exemplar of this. And uh, in order to make some of those resources and these tools available to more women on campus, we're launching the Women Lead in Entrepreneurship and Innovation course. Mm -hmm. It is starting this fall. We are uh, recruiting. And uh, yes, I recruited Chante. <laughs> so I guess she doesn't know yet, but I'm taking her back to the dark side of, of, the, of the minor in entrepreneurship. Um, but I recruited Chante because this is an exemplar of what we're trying to create. And it's a balance of, again, providing tools like, again, technology, which enable women to build big uh, without necessarily needing the large amount of cash infusion that it used to take, but as well as um, becoming, developing the network of influence that it will take to penetrate those uh, distribution channels to actually make the, the right connections to actually build a worldwide distribution system. And so, so it's a mix of personal development work, it's visioning for the company, and it's, the act, again, building the actual infrastructure by leveraging technology to, to go big and to go fast. And um, so, again, that's also our invitation. Mm -hmm. Please join Shanti and I. <laughs> I'm still working on Dia. Uh, please join Shanti and I uh, in, in, our, in our adventure next semester and, and other just amazing uh, entrepreneurs uh, in Georgia State in the Women Lead in Entrepreneurship and Innovation uh, course, premiering next fall. You must be so proud. I am. Over, over like the moon, right? I, I, I am. Um, they, they're amazing. Well, this is what they couldn't be, right? So you're gonna make me. They're amazing. Oh, she's about to cry. Aww. Dude, you have a napkin. And, <laughs> and now they're making fun of me. That's okay. <laughs> which is which is which is which is part of it. But um, so I know that. So oftentimes, as I, as I mentioned before, sometimes when you start as an entrepreneur, you don't know that you're an entrepreneur. Right. So actually, funny enough, when I met Chante, she would say, "I'm an inventor," and I said, "Yes, you are," and so much more. Right. <laughs> 
And um, when I met Dia, who actually has a distinguished career in the Miss America pageant system, she thought herself as a pageant girl. And I said, yes, you are. And so much more. Right. First of all, I said, actually, we're going to call them pageant contestants, not pageant girls. <laughs> I was like saying pageant girls. Miss yeah. USA, we're just and, like, oh, it's a pageant girl. And I said, and you are, but you're so much more than that. You're right. an entrepreneur. And so one of the gifts that I get in doing my job is I get to see them grow mm -hmm. in their own perception and develop from whatever they think they are, which is already great, into something much greater, which is entrepreneurs and not just entrepreneurs, but impact entrepreneurs. Um, women who are going to change the world. And sometimes I see it just a little bit before they see it. And it is... Oh, we feel uh, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a pleasure it's and a, a privilege to actually see them uh, at the speed at which they grow. And here's what I can say. No matter how awesome I think they are, they still manage to exceed my expectations. <laughs> well, thank you all thank for sharing your story today. Thank you so thank much for you. having us. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Paid, and we will see you all next time on Georgia State University's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute Radio. That was awesome. <laughs> Are you